to the Find Your Healthy podcast. I'm your host Elle, a nutritionist and big believer in holistic health. This podcast is a place where we discuss all things health related. Nutrition, fitness, mental health, gut health, acne, there's no topic out of bounds. We'll be exploring what healthy means to different people and helping you find your version of healthy along the way. Episode 3 and we're talking about IBS. I am literally going to dive straight in and start talking about exactly what IBS is, the symptoms, treatments, causes, all that stuff. So I myself have been diagnosed with IBS. I got diagnosed about three years ago now, in 2017, after uh, an interesting holiday in Bali where I pretty much had the worst era of my life. We should talk more about that in a mo. First of all, let's talk about what IBS actually is. So IBS is an umbrella term and it means irritable bowel syndrome. It's not really something you can specifically diagnose. Usually go to your GP, your doctor, whoever your medical professional is, and there'll be a criteria of symptoms. And if you meet that criteria, you'll generally be diagnosed with IBS, but there's not actually like a specific test you can necessarily take. So IBS is a lifelong condition that affects the digestive system and it causes pain, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, just some sort of change in your bowel habits. There are three subtypes, subtypes, sorry. IBS-C, which is IBS constipation, IBS-D, which is IBS diarrhea, and IBS-M, or sometimes also called IBS-A. So it's kind of a mix of both of them where you alternate between having constipation and having diarrhea. As I said, the symptoms are pain, bloating, gas, a change in your bowel habits, and quite often if you're having a lot of diarrhea, you'll find that you'll be very, very fatigued. So there's not actually a specific known cause of IBS, but experts believe that it's probably something to do with some sort of digestive malfunction and increased gut sensitivity, which means when you're eating certain foods, your gut is really hypersensitized Um, hypersensitive and will react to those foods. Other things that um, might be the cause of your IBS are inflammation, a potential infection, dysbiosis, and dysbiosis just means um, an unbalance or an imbalance of gut bacteria, so you have a lot of bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria. And this could be something like SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, Poor diet could also contribute if you eat a lot of processed foods, stress, extreme weight loss, or as I had, extreme traveller's diarrhoea, where you literally deplete your body of goodness and you maybe get food poisoning, as I did, and you can get parasites and then your gut is just an absolute freaking mess. IBS can literally affect anyone. I think about one in five people in the UK have been diagnosed with IBS, there may be more that aren't diagnosed, and usually affects more females than males, and you'll typically get your first symptoms between the ages of 20 and 35. Before I start talking about treatments, I just want to mention my issue with IBS, or the term IBS. As I said, it's an umbrella term, So it's not really a definitive diagnosis, and to me, something is causing that irritation because it stands for irritable bowel syndrome. What is causing that irritation? So my approach to healing my gut was to find the root cause of the irritation. Like I said, it could be that you have 
dysbiosis, in which case you need to focus on balancing out your gut bacteria, getting more good bacteria, and getting rid of some of that bad bacteria. You could have large intestinal um, bacteria overgrowth, or you could have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, or you could have massive inflammation, or it could be something with your colon, or it could be that you're really, really stressed and your cortisol is really, really high, or it could be that you have a parasite. So I think deeper investigation needs to go in before you just settle with, I have IBS, there's nothing you can do about it, because I promise you, there are things that you can do about it. However, if you have tested everything, and if you just have a sensitive gut, here are my tips for things that you can do, and here are the kind of general um, advice for IBS or, as I said, gut sensitivity and dealing with it. So there is no cure for IBS, and unfortunately, if you do have a sensitive gut, it's kind of something that you have to just learn to adapt to your lifestyle and your diet to. There's not really a cure. If you are familiar with IBS, you're probably familiar with the term FODMAPs. FODMAPs are fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. FODMAPs are short chain carbohydrates that aren't properly absorbed in the gut, and that's what causes the gas, the bloating, the pain. Things that are typically high in FODMAPs, and by the way, if you want to know if something is high in FODMAPs, or moderate FODMAP, or low MODMAP, MODMAP, FODMAP, you can um, go onto an app called the Monash app, and uh, their website, I think it's the Monash University, it's University in Australia, who came up with the whole FODMAP diet. Um, and they have a whole list of foods and you can type in a food and see if it's high in FODMAPs or low in FODMAPs. But foods that are high in FODMAPs are things like onion and garlic and leeks and apples and watermelon, mangoes, honey, agave, blackberries, wheat, dairy, legumes. So you can see that there are a lot of things that you might have to cut out if you go on a low FODMAP diet. And by the way, if you go on a low FODMAP diet, please keep in mind that this is not a lifelong diet, this is not a health diet, this is not a weight loss diet. This is a short-term elimination diet to see what is potentially triggering your symptoms, to see if you're sensitive to a specific food, a specific food group, or if you maybe have an allergy or something. I did a really strict elimination diet for, I think it was two or three weeks, but I wouldn't do it for any longer than six weeks because you were eliminating so many foods that are otherwise really healthy for you. For example, onions are a great prebiotic to help feed the gut bacteria. Garlic is a super anti-inflammatory immune boosting food. And it's just not healthy in my opinion to cut out a whole host of foods that you don't necessarily need to. So this is short term if indeed you decide to do the FODMAP diet. Now for me when I did it and eliminated it, when I started, eliminated all those foods and then started introducing them, I seemed to react to everything. And I went into a bit of a meltdown because I just felt like, oh my god, I can't eat anything. Like, my favourite food or my favourite fruit is bananas and I had a horrendous time eating bananas. Whenever I ate them, I was in so much pain and whenever I ate onion or garlic, I would bloat massively. So I was eating quite a limited diet and just feeling worse and worse and understandably had absolutely no energy whatsoever. And as someone who loves to work out, that absolutely sucked. So I went to see a naturopath to help me. And if you are doing a diet like this, I highly recommend that you have someone helping you alongside, whether that is a family member or a partner supporting you, or ideally 
a nutritionist or a registered dietitian helping you along the way. Other than these restrictive FODMAPs, I like to think of healing the gut as a three-step process. So you identify what is causing my gut so much irritation. And then you cleanse your gut of whatever it is. So if it's a parasite, you get rid of that parasite. If it's inflammation, you work really hard to reduce that inflammation. And then you heal, heal, heal. So this is a combination of diet changes, lifestyle changes, and possibly some supplementation to really help heal your gut and solve the root cause of your gut issues. So let's talk about diet for gut health, for gut healing, and for if you are someone who is experiencing IBS or symptoms of IBS. So I've split my kind of diet suggestions or kind of food group-ish suggestions into seven categories. The first of which is fiber. If you have IBSD, so that's predominantly you have a lot of diarrhea, then you need to look for soluble fiber. This slows digestion and things that are high in soluble fiber are blueberries, oranges, strawberries, sweet potato, oats, chia seeds, flax seeds, sunflower seeds, my personal favorite, psyllium husk. I add this to my smoothies or my paleo porridge, like pretty much every morning I'll have a teaspoon. And you don't taste it at all, it's just really good, kind of, is a bulking fiber. Then if you have IBSC, so that's constipation, you need to look for insoluble fiber, which helps food pass through your stomach and intestines quicker. So this is things like green beans, kale, raspberries, brown rice, quinoa, oats. Dates are also a really good source of fiber. And most people don't have enough fiber in their diet. If you eat a whole food diet, so that's lots of natural food that's unprocessed, and you eat a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, you should be getting really good sources of fiber, and nuts and seeds are great too. The next category is probiotics. Probiotics are live microorganisms that provide various health benefits, and these are good bacteria and also beneficial yeasts. So you can find these in things like yogurt, and if you're lactose intolerant like me, and if you find that dairy just irritates your gut, then look for ideally soy-free vegan yogurts. I personally love a brand called Koyo. It's just really simple, pure coconut yogurt. And I also love a brand called Nush that do um, almond milk yogurts. And I think they also do cashew ones. And I really like the strawberry almond milk one. If you find that you can tolerate um, vegan sources of protein, then you could also try tempeh. Other sources are miso, sauerkraut. I also want to try beetroot sauerkraut, but I haven't found it anywhere in the supermarkets near me. There's not a very good range of health foods, to be honest, where I live, which is really annoying, but hey-ho. And it might be really beneficial to take a supplement. I personally do take a supplement, and I would actually encourage anyone with gut issues, and also with skin issues like acne, to take a probiotic supplement. I personally like liquid formulas. I feel like more of the live bacteria gets to your gut when you take it in a liquid form. And there are two... One of them is liquid, one of them isn't, but there are two that have been um, scientifically proven to help IBS patients. And that is one called VSL3, I think it's like hashed three or something. Um, and that I believe is a capsule. And then Simprove, which is a liquid form. I've not tried these two personally, they're quite expensive. But the ones that I have personally tried and like, 
um, microbes. Um, when I first had all my gut issues, the probiotic I got onto was by a microbe, and it was the gold one, I think it's called BioLife Gold, and it's packed full of lots of different strains of probiotics, but it also has like a mix of herbs and just nutrients formulated by a nutritionist and it's completely whole food based. It has things like iodine in it, magnesium, apple cider vinegar, spirulina, chlorella, camu camu, all that kind of stuff. So as you can imagine, it doesn't taste the best, but it does wonderful things for your body and you only need to just gulp it down in the water in the morning and you're done. Moving on to the next category is prebiotics. So prebiotics provide energy to feed that good gut. Honestly, I apologize. I don't know why I can't get my words out. And also my throat is so dry. Prebiotics provide energy to feed that good bacteria. So the probiotics are the good bacteria. The prebiotics are the food for that bacteria. My personal favorites are sweet potatoes, onions, leeks, garlic, flax, cacao powder. I mean, I don't need any more reasons to eat cacao, but yes. Blueberries, bananas, but more green bananas. So when they're a bit underripe apples and seaweed. I actually have some seaweed powder, some kelp powder that I sprinkle onto my food. It's kind of like a sea salt replacement or just a little flavor enhancer. And it's also really high in iodine, which is great if like me, you have hypothyroidism. Apple cider vinegar, blueberries, did I say blueberries? I don't know. Acacia fiber, baobab, dandelion greens, they're also great sources of prebiotics. The next category is what I like to call colon cleansers. These are things like leafy greens, chlorella, spirulina, moringa, matcha. I personally really like spirulina and I was having a teaspoon in the morning and a teaspoon at night in water when I first saw my naturopath. She encouraged me to start doing that to help just flush things out my system and she also gave me a supplement that I think contains spirulina, chlorella and some other stuff. I think it even had like gold in it or something. It was very fancy. Psyllium husks are also in my colon cleansing category. Flax and chia seeds, those are like a staple of my diet. I think I have them like every day. They're also great for um, glowing skin and flax is really great for helping with hormone imbalances. And also herbs like fennel, oregano and peppermint. Then we move on to anti-inflammatories. Now everyone should be having a fairly high anti-inflammatory diet. Inflammation is kind of the cause of a lot of diseases. It's the underlying cause of arthritis, of just pretty much any disease of acne, like so many things. My favorite anti-inflammatories are things that are high in omega-3, so oily fish, nuts and seeds, especially like walnuts, and as I said, flax and chia. Olive oil, it's really great for sprinkling, um, not sprinkling, but like drizzling on a salad or something. Berries, I love raspberries and strawberries and blueberries. Avocado, tomatoes, and spices such as cinnamon, ginger, and turmeric. Those are honestly my go-to spices that I use all the time. And anytime I have anything sweet, I always sprinkle cinnamon on everything. Anytime I have fruit, anytime I make a dessert, I always like a pinch of cinnamon, a pinch of cinnamon here, and a pinch of cinnamon there. And my favorite spice mix for like um, making chips is, actually my sister came up with this. Um, I think I just do like half a teaspoon of each. To be honest, both of the time when I bake, I don't measure things out. I just chuck things on, taste test, and kind of just go with the flow. So it is turmeric, cumin, paprika, or smoked paprika. I prefer smoked. 
black pepper, salt, and you can add, add some cayenne if you want, but I can't stand spicy things, so I leave that out. Mix it up with your hands and a bit of oil. I use coconut oil, and then you just roll it in your chips. Roll it, is that what I meant? I don't know, but like dust it over it, and then you bake it in the oven, and it honestly tastes so good. The next category is anti-spasmodics. Things that reduce spasms in the intestinal muscles. So you know when you feel that horrible cramping pain? These things are gonna help reduce that. Chamomile, ginger. Ginger is also really good for um, reducing period pain. Peppermint, which you can drink as a tea. I have so many cups of peppermint today. I'm actually drinking one right now. And fennel. Oh, and you can also get peppermint in a capsule. Then my final category, the seventh category, is adaptogens. I absolutely love adaptogens. They are plant botanicals that really help your body adapt to and fight off stresses. And as we've already discussed, stress is a huge contributor to IBS. Things that I love are ashwagandha. I have ashwagandha powder in my cupboard in the kitchen and I like to add just like half a teaspoon to a smoothie. And you could also put it in a little hot chocolate mix with like cacao and maca. Maca is another great adaptogen which I love and it's also good for hormone health and for boosting energy levels because it's high in B vitamins. Cordyceps, holy basil or Tulsi, which I personally like to have as a tea. There is a tea by, I think it's Pucker Herbs, and it's called Tulsi Clarity, and it's really, really, really nice. Licorice root is also really great. Um, my naturopath, the first supplement she gave me, which was amazing. I'm not gonna lie to you, I think it was 45 pounds for like 200 grams or something, so it was really expensive but it was so good. It contained like L-glutamate powder, aloe vera, marshmallow root, and it contained licorice root. But if you are gonna get a supplement with licorice root, look for one that's D-G-L. So that is D, oh bloomin' hell, I can't say this word. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna spell this out to you. D-E-G-L-Y-C-Y-R-R-H-I-Z-I-N-A-T-E-D. See how hard that is? Bloody long. D-glycerolala licorice. <laughs> because that, um, that glycerolala thing, that substance, can cause hypertension, which is high blood pressure. And we don't want that, especially if you're taking a supplement long term. So yeah, just look for one that says D-G-L. So we've kind of talked about diet, um, eating a whole food diet, eating those things that I just mentioned, the fibre, the prebiotics, the probiotics, the colon cleansers, the adaptogens. And before we move on to talk about lifestyle factors, I'm also gonna talk about some supplements that I personally take and find really beneficial. So as I said, um, I was taking things like marshmallow and aloe vera and licorice root um, and L-glutamate that were all in a mix, but now I just take L-glutamine powder and Honestly, this stuff is like magic. It's an amino acid that provides the preferred fuel source to the cells of your small intestine. So it basically helps them to regenerate and repair. And this reduces the permeability of your gut. So if you're someone who has potentially has leaky gut, you're gonna love this stuff. I take it in a powder form. I just take five grams in the morning in water. It tastes of absolutely nothing. Mix it together, gulp it down. Look for 5,000 milligrams. That's kind of the standard. 5,000 milligrams is about five grams of pure L-glutamine powder. And you can get glut, why do I keep saying glutamide? Glutamine, honestly, what is wrong with me? 
look for the L glutamine because it's more um, bioavailable, so it's more readily available for your body to absorb versus the just pure glutamine version. I also love bone broth. I was taking this, um, I was making it myself and taking it very regularly, then I stopped for a few months and I got super bloated again. Um, my skin started breaking out a bit and um, I emailed my naturopath and she was like, why aren't you still doing this? Did we tell you to stop? Why did you stop? And I was like, oh, I just got lazy. So bone broth is so rich in nutrients. Do you remember like, I say do you remember like this happened? I didn't have a grandma growing up, but like people whose grandma would make them chicken soup and stuff, that kind of stock was sort of like bone broth, really rich in nutrients. It's a rich source of amino acids that build and repair the tissue in your body. It's also super rich in collagen, which is why it's really great for skin too, and it eases the symptoms of leaky gut, of IBS, and also of IBD, inflammatory bowel disease. Another thing I took was Slippery Elm, which I still have in my cupboard. I had this as a powder, and again, I just added this to my breakfast. And it's a mucilage, so that helps heal and really soothe any inflammation in your stomach and in your intestines. It's also a good thing to bear in mind that when your body is under stress, when there is inflammation in your body, when it's just not in peak health, your immune system is affected and it becomes quite overworked, quite stressed, trying to fight off whatever is happening in your body. So it's a good idea to have immune boosting foods and one of my absolute favourites is Kamu Kamu. Now I'll be honest, this does not taste the best, it kind of, to be honest, smells a bit like, this is going to sound gross, but wet underpants, kind of like a pee smell, but um, it's so high in vitamin C and you only need to have like a quarter of a teaspoon to get like a huge hit of vitamin C and you can just mix it into your, again, I'm obsessed with smoothies, I think you can tell that by now, but just mix it into your smoothie, mix it into your porridge in the morning, even just sprinkle it on your cereal if you like a bowl of cereal, hopefully low sugar cereal, and you won't even notice the taste, but you'll be getting a huge hit of immune supporting vitamin C. So we love that. Now moving on to lifestyle. Lifestyle also has a huge impact in your gut health. As I've already mentioned, stress. Stress is seriously the devil when it comes to health. There is a gut-brain axis, which you've probably heard about, that connection between your gut and your brain. That's why when you're really nervous about something, you, know, you get the butterfly feeling in your stomach, or that really sick feeling. When you're excited, you get butterflies. When you're nervous, you can feel really sick, nauseous. That's because though your gut and your brain are connected. And I know that stress is impossible to avoid and sometimes it can be beneficial, but it needs to be kept in check and not become something that's chronic and occurring every single day. So you could practice yoga, meditation, just talking to someone, doing an activity that makes you feel super chill. So for me, I love baking, I find it really therapeutic and I love doing skincare and sometimes I just like to watch a film with my sister to chill out. In fact, at the weekend, I had a sort of mini spa evening with my mum because she was stressing about having to go to Spain to see her dad, which she flew this morning. I had to be up super early to leave her by up at 5am, which is probably why I'm just babbling and why I can't seem to get my words out. And also later in the week, my sister and I are planning on having like a film night just to have a chill night and snuggle our dog. So yeah, you need to keep an eye on that stress. Another hugely important factor is exercise. And I know when you're bloated and you're nauseous and you're in pain, the last thing you want to do is put on some spandex and go work out. But you do not have to do 
40 minutes in the gym, you don't have to lift weights for hours, you don't have to do intense cardio or a hit session. You could just go for a walk, you could put on your favourite music and just dance like nobody's watching, which I often do in the kitchen. <laughs> and yeah, you could just move your body in any way that feels good to you because not only is it going to help reduce stress, but it's also going to encourage healthy digestion. And studies have shown that those who don't exercise have a lack of gut bacteria diversity and an increase of bad bacteria, as well as a reduction of good bacteria. I'm sure this goes without saying, but you probably don't want to go drinking excessively. And also, if you are a smoker, it's a very good idea to quit smoking. There are loads of resources that can help you with that. And you might want to reduce your consumption of caffeine. Now, Research on whether caffeine is good or bad is kind of non-conclusive in my opinion. Oh, excessive caffeine, not a good idea, but one to two cups a day, you know what, if you're okay with it, I think it's fine. I have a black coffee most mornings, but if you don't want to have caffeine or if you're looking to completely cut it out, then I highly recommend chicory coffee. Get one without the barley though, because the barley is high in FODMAPs and yeah, it can just irritate your gut. So I had, I think I got mine just from Holland Barrett and it was actually really nice. It was quite kind of mild, slightly sweet tasting. Actually, I don't really know how to describe it, but it was nice. It was not exactly like the taste of coffee, but a good substitute. And chicory is a great prebiotic, so great for your gut. So that is kind of my advice to you if you are experiencing any sort of gut issues, particularly if you've been diagnosed with IBS, which I know sucks, and I personally don't fully believe in. So to sum up this whole episode, if you have been diagnosed with IBS, look into what is actually causing that irritation. If you are looking to heal your gut, focus on eating whole foods, focus on anti-inflammatories, focus on nourishing your gut and the surrounding organs, boosting your immunity to better ward of future microorganisms that might invade and make you feel unwell again and focus on rebalancing and repopulating the good gut bacteria in your gut. And then look to reducing your stress, to starting to exercise, to finding overall balance in your lifestyle. If you want more information, I have a IBS um, quick guide and a gut healing quick guide on my website. That's at lfrizel.com. And I often talk about gut health on Instagram. That's at lfrizel. And you can always DM me if you have any questions. I am happy to answer and happy to help in any way that I can. And if you are right now experiencing bloating and all that stuff, know that you're not alone. Loads of people experiencing bloating, but there is a distinct difference between eating a large meal and getting bloated or occasionally having bloating, like maybe at that time of the month or just like now and again, if you've maybe drunk too much or whatever and to being bloated constantly. If you're constantly bloated, if you're reacting to a lot of foods, like I said, if you have nausea and all that stuff and, and really bad gas and you're getting a lot of constipation, diarrhea, that is when it's not, in quotation marks, normal and it's not okay and it's not fair for you to live your life like that and to think that there's nothing you can do about it because there is things you can do about it. And sometimes GPs are amazing and super helpful and sometimes they're not. Unfortunately, when I started having these problems and I went to my GP, they said there was nothing 
I, that could be done and I had to learn to live with it. And I cried in the office and came home and spent the evening just crying. So look to someone who is sympathetic, ideally someone who's experienced something like it or has experience of working with patients who have these symptoms. You can also go to a naturopath, nutritionist, a dietitian, and look to forums online and connecting with people who are in a similar position to you and try and get friends and family to understand and support you through it because the more support you have, the better you'll be able to cope, the lower your stress will be, and yeah, just it will be a much better time for you. But I completely sympathise to you with you if you are um, currently in a bit of a shitty situation, excuse the pun. <laughs> and just a little shameless plug to finish with, if you are looking for some wholesome recipes, then don't forget to check out my book, Seven Days of Paleo, which is available on my website, elfstyle.com. It's full of nutritional information and healthy whole food recipes that aren't just boring bland salads because ain't nobody got time for that. And I think that you would really love it. Anyway, I'm gonna love you and leave you now. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, to tell your friends and family about this podcast because I would really, really appreciate it. And don't forget to leave me a review because that would mean the world to me. You know, just a suggestion, but maybe click those five stars. Thanks very much. So until next time, have a great day, have a great week. Bye.